Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We are continuing our verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of Matthew, particularly over the last several months now. Actually, we have been uh, doing a study on the Sermon on the Mount. And so we continue this verse-by-verse study in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're there, say hearty amen. Amen. Notice in verse 1. Jesus says, now now keep the context here, he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to his people. He's sitting on the hillside in the area of the Galilee. And his disciples are gathered to him. He's sitting down, because the teacher always sits down. And the disciples are standing. And Jesus is talking to them about kingdom living. Now notice in verse 6, in verse 1, Jesus says, Take heed that you do not your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have your reward. Notice that. From heaven, you have, you have your reward. You have no reward. From your Father in heaven, in verse 1. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Why? That your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father, who sees in secret, will himself reward you Openly. Now, stop right there. I generally, as I told you last week, I generally do prepare my sermons on Friday. But uh, this past week, we had such a busy week and a busy time with Give a Kid a Chance that, um, and of course, and afterward I had a wedding to do. So needless to say, yesterday was a very long and a very busy, blessed day in serving the Lord. But but I usually prepare my sermons on Friday, but this week I had to prepare on Thursday. And so I'm sitting there at home preparing my sermon, preparing Matthew chapter 6, this text we just read. And I received a phone call from the National Christian Foundation. Now, the National Christian Foundation is a group, it's an organization whose mission it is to enable people to give wisely to further the gospel. They provide for donors. People call in donors, sometimes wealthy donors, 
will call them and they want to give a gift to a church or a charitable organization, but they want it to be and remain an anonymous gift. And so I'm teaching on Matthew chapter 6, talking about anonymous giving. Hello. This is God thing, God thing. And I get a call, and the guy on the other end introduces himself, who happened to be a pastor of 40 years. He was the sweetest man. And he says, you know, we have an we have a anonymous donor who would like to donate to Calvary Chapel anonymously. Is that a blessing or what? I, I was excited. I was excited, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Needless to say, I was coming unglued. <laughs> and so I'm like, honey, honey. Now, with this, this NCF, National Christian Foundation, they will make these anonymous donations, and, and I have no idea who this person is. I have no idea whether they attend Calvary Chapel or they don't. Attend. I know nothing about them. That's kind of the point and why they go through this foundation. They also are able, as they provide these grants, they're also able to put conditions and terms on the grant. And here is the terms of the grant. Here's the terms. We will receive this dollar-for-dollar donation. In other words, for every dollar separate from our tithes and our offerings, for every dollar that is given by the body to the building fund, they will contribute a dollar. For example, if the body contributes $30,000 to the building fund, we'll receive an additional $30,000 from the fund. If the body contributes $50,000, then they will contribute $50,000. Now, I don't think it's kind of it's hard to see. Here at Calvary Chapel, this has been a huge prayer point for myself, for the leadership, for my wife. It's not hard to see. God is doing a work here at Calvary Chapel. If you agree with that, clap your hands, would you? God's doing it. It's unbelievable. I'm blown away. I'm amazed. And so we have been praying, Lord, what do we do next? You see, this building that we are currently sitting in, we are currently leasing this building. We do not own this building. Now, we have been in this lease agreement with in this building, and then the YMCA, they, through their kindness and good graces allow us to use the gym at second service. If they had to be in the sanctuary, I don't know where we would put them. And so they let us use their facility. But should they one day say to us, well, you know, we we need our facility on Sunday morning. I'd have to say, great. Thank you very much. You guys have been a blessing. And then we'd have to do something different. So I've been praying because God is doing a work. God is stirring in in me. Sanctify yourself for tomorrow. I'm going to do great things. God's been stirring this in me. And here recently, I can hardly sleep. And so God's been waking me up. I've been praying and just, Lord, what do you want to do here? We've got a couple of options. We can purchase this building. And, um, you know, it's my prayer that we purchase the lot right next to here. You know, the one you guys park on. Um, the lot, you guys you don't want to walk too far, the, the lot that you park on and the one after that. If you notice, there's a for sale sign on this, on this property out here. And it's been there for a good bit of time. And so we can, the Lord provides, we can purchase this building, purchase those two properties and purchase the Y. Now I got to tell you something, true story. Yesterday, my wife and I, we were out early. It's like 
6 o'clock in the morning, we decided to take a walk. So we walked and found ourselves walking by the church, and we just came on in the parking lot. We are walking up the parking lot. This is yesterday morning, 6 o'clock. We were walking up the parking lot and just praying and talking and praying and talking and walked all around the property and walked all back here praying and talking. Got down here by the Y, and, 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 I, and she said, honey, let's just pray over the Y. And I said, yeah, let's go, let's go lay hands on the Y. So we went and laid hands on the Y. And I said, she said, go and pray, honey, just go and pray. I said, Lord, drive out. Now, you know it's going to be bad when you start your prayer with drive out, you know. Lord, drive, no, Lord, provide them a place to be. See, don't, don't, don't tell them I said this, okay? Don't, don't tell them. But I'm praying that the Lord would, because they're actually in a building project themselves on the other side of town. So I'm praying, Lord, let them leave. And, and Lord, then we would have that building down there. So one of our options is to have all of this property here. And, you know, there's actually a really big building right there, down there, down the hill here. You know, if we leave right now, we can go lay hands on that building. And they got to go. You know what I'm saying, right? Y'all got to go. Drive out the heathen. I mean, the, 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 you know what I'm saying? And so that's one option. The other option is that the Lord would just lead us to a new location and, and, and give us the space that we need. But we need the space. Right now we're doing three services. See, God knows the need. Right now we're doing three services on Sunday morning. I don't know if you've been here lately on Wednesday night, but it is packed. There's probably this size crowd on Wednesday night. We cannot put any more people really on Wednesday night. We have to, we're praying about and considering having to at least consider two services on Wednesday. I mean, this is God, y'all. Amen. This is God. This is a, this is a good problem, but this is, this is God. And so, you know, I, I just could not help but believe that, you know, uh, you know, I, with, with the phone, actually at first I got, a, actually at first got a little short little email from these people and then I got the phone call, but I have to believe that, that, that God is doing a work and that God is going to use this grant as a part of his provision. Now don't misunderstand me. I know that God has a plan and a purpose and God's going to place us where he wants us to be. I am confident that I am no more concerned about this than a man on the moon. I know God's got a plan. I know God's got a purpose. I just want to walk in God's plan and God's purpose. I have never tried to grow a church. I think that's a mistake. You don't try to grow a church. If you teach the Bible, people will come. Someone remember that Field of Dreams movie? Build it and they will come. Was I talking about the the field? Build it and they will come. Teach it and they will come. And see, God's doing that. So I know that God has a plan. God has a purpose. And I believe that this grant is a part of that. And so just in obedience, if you will, in order for me to honor the terms of this agreement, we have a building fund set up. I need to tell you. And please don't misunderstand me. If you're here for the first time, I got to tell you, we never talk about giving here at Calvary Chapel. Absolutely never talk about giving, never bring it up unless we get to it in the scriptures. And God thing, God thing, we just happen to be in the scriptures this last week, right at the place where God wanted to speak. And God wanted me, I believe, to just kind of 
present this to the body as, as, as the NCF has presented it to me. So by no means feel pressured. And even if you attend here, do not absolutely, and we're going to talk about it in just a minute, do not feel pressured to give. There is no pressure whether you give or whether you don't. Listen, God is going to be glorified regardless. And you shouldn't feel pressured to give. And I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't feel pressured to give in just a few minutes. But don't feel pressured. There is no pressure. God's going to provide. God's going to take care of it. God's going to bless his work. Remember Peter? He said, Peter, upon this rock I shall build my church. Did you notice that? It's his church. You know, last I checked, it didn't say Rodney Chapel out there. Amen. Last I checked, it's God's church, and God most certainly will provide for his church. So notice here in Matthew chapter 6, I can't stress this enough. If you're taking notes, write this down, because this is very important. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, note this, is accentuating the spirit of the law and not the letter of the law. That's very important. You know, there are people who say, well, I can live by the Sermon on the Mount, and I can live by the Ten Commandments, and I can be a good person if I, you know, live by the golden rule. Well, that's not the point here. Jesus is accentuating the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law. And we talked about this in time past, that the Sermon on the Mount was intended to drive us to Jesus. As you read through it, You are supposed to feel driven to the fact that you cannot be perfect. Remember, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall by no means enter the kingdom of God. Remember in chapter 5, verse 48, where it says, be ye perfect just as I am perfect. Well, the point of it is for us to see that we cannot be perfect. And thus, the point of the Sermon on the Mount is to drive us to Jesus Christ. But not only is the point of the Sermon on the Mount to drive us to Christ, but also the Sermon on the Mount, get this, directs us in Christ. Remember chapter 5. Jesus was dealing with inner attitudes. And now here in chapter six, we kind of shift topics from inner attitudes to outward activities, specifically in three areas, in the area of giving, in the area of prayer and in the area of fasting. In those three areas, Jesus tells his disciples, listen, fellas, don't be hypocrites. Now, when you study chapter six, read it in your own time. You look through chapter six, you can see that there's one theme that runs through chapter six, and that is hypocrisy. Notice in your Bibles in verse two, Jesus says, when you give, don't be like the hypocrites. And in verse five, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites. And in verse 16, when you fast, don't fast like the hypocrites. Three times Jesus says, don't be a hypocrite. Now. Listen, how many of us have heard people say Christians are such hypocrites? I'm not coming to church because Christians are all hypocrites, they say, as if they're not. Well, all those Christians are all hypocrites. And And the reason why they say Christians are hypocrites is because Christians fall short, because Christians sin. 
Because somehow people think that when you get to this place of being a Christian, that all of a sudden now you're supposed to never sin again. You never sin. Listen, Christians sin and Christians fall short. But the world calls that hypocrisy. Listen, the Bible doesn't call that hypocrisy. Biblical hypocrisy is when someone, listen, deliberately and intentionally uses religion to cover up their sin. Like the Pharisees who used religion to deliberately and intentionally cover up their sins. Jesus says, don't be a hypocrite. The Greek word for hypocrite, we have the word or or, or the Greek word is hypocrite, actually. And it means a mask wearer. It comes from the Greek theater, actually. In the Greek theater, they would put on these productions and they would wear these masks. Perhaps you've seen them. These exaggerated masks with big smiles on them or big frowns on them. And so Jesus says, don't wear a mask. You need to be genuine. Don't play games. Don't have a two-faced. We have have the word two-faced. Like you're two-faced. Jesus said, don't have two faces. Don't wear a mask. Don't play games, especially in the area of giving. Jesus said, when you give, don't sound the trumpet like the hypocrites do in church and in the streets so that they can receive glory from men. Now, this bit of history, very important for you. In the temple area and in the courtyard, there were two chambers. One was called the chamber of utensils. And the chamber of utensils, that's where they kept the silver and the gold for the worship services, in the chamber of utensils. And then the second chamber was known as the chamber of secrets. The chamber of secrets was located in an area on the other side of the courtyard. And so people were to go to the chamber of secrets and leave their gifts that were designated for the poor in this chest that was called the trumpet. And they were to go anonymously. And the poor would show up later and be giving gifts from the chamber of secrets. And all of this was to be done anonymously and honestly and in humility. But as the years went on, the Pharisees, they said, you know, that's not practical. It's kind of way out there and over the way. And when we want to give money to the poor, you know, it's inconvenient, they said. So what they began to do was they tied a trumpet around their waist And when they wanted to give to the poor, they would stand in the street and in church and go, and all the poor would listen, gifts. Oh, wow. Look how righteous he is. Look how charitable and generous he is. And Jesus said, you hypocrites. Why? Because they were doing it not with concern for the poor and with concern for the needy. They were doing it so that men would look at them and say, oh, look how generous you are. Look how righteous you are as you give gifts. Oh, you guys are so holy. Look at you. They were doing it with the wrong method and the wrong motive. Now, as I told them in both services prior, I'll tell you, my next few comments will probably get me in a lot of trouble. The church today. I believe, and I think Christian and non-Christian would agree, the church today 
has adopted methods and have motives to extract money from people that are ungodly. It's terrible what people do to get money. You know, we, we don't make an emphasis of money here. As you well know, again, I told you, we don't even talk about it. People come up to me pretty regularly, almost after every service, pretty regularly. And they say, Pastor Rodney, you know, you forgot to take up an offering. You know, you forgot to, they try to hand me a check. And I say, give me that money. No, I mean, no. <laughs> oh, no, brother, sister. The offering boxes are on the back wall. And if you like to give, then just take it there. But we don't take up offerings here at Calvary Chapel because it's a distraction, I think. And I also honestly, from my heart, believe that where God guides, he will provide. I really believe that this is God's church. I really believe because it is really God's church that he will really take care of it. I really believe that. If you do, say amen. I believe it. Amen. And somebody needs to say what's happening is crazy. I come from a background of church where giving, offering was intense pressure. I mean, it was just pressure. I remember they would, church I came from years ago now, but they would take up two, three, four, Four offerings. I mean, they take up the first offering, go in the back and count the money, come in, and, and they're not satisfied. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Say amen if you do. All right, some of them, oh, that's too many of y'all. That's sad. And they go in the back, count that money, come out and say, this offering was despicable. This is disgraceful. You people, can't you do better than that? And so we're going to take up another offering. They take up another offering. You know what I'm saying. Go back in the back, count it again. They're still not satisfied. They come back up. Well, you know, it's getting a little better. It looks like we're going to have to take up another offering. And then they come out, you know, after all other means have been exhausted. They come back out. Well, you know, the Lord was just showing us that there are 10 people in the congregation who are who want to give $1,000 each. And I'm like, the Lord ain't telling you that's me. <laughs> you listen to the wrong voice, bro. That ain't something you listen to the voice of the devil. You ain't, no, 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 no. I mean, just intense pressure. And I think what is happening in the churches today is ungodly. It's pressure scams and schemes in order to get you to give money. Some time ago, I read you this article. I'll read it again. There was this scam. True story. They were selling splinters from the original cross that Jesus was crucified on. And this article calculated that if you put the pieces of the cross together that were sold, you could put a boat the size of the Mayflower together. No wonder Jesus needed help carrying his cross. It was huge. And then there was another scam. True story. I'm not making this up. This church in Naples, Italy, they sold vials of Mary, the mother of Jesus, her breast milk. They sold vials of a true story. Some of the milk was preserved and saved, and they just happened to have gallons of it left over. 
I mean, true story. And then, of course, you got the telethons and the praise-a-thons and the celebration-thons. And you call in and you, uh, hello, i like to make a gift of 50 to to $100. Oh, thank you. And then they read it over, you know, so-and-so called from and their name and they're contributing 50 bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you call in and say, you know, I'm calling in, I want to contribute a 1000 bucks. Well, you don't get the clap machine. You get a whole praise song, you know. Oh, they called in. And somebody else calls in with five bucks. And they tell the name and where they're calling from, and they get, you know, one clap. Next name, and you know. Am I the only one noticing this? Am I the only one? It's amazing what people are doing and churches aren't doing today. And of course, you can buy a pew if they're, you know, trying to replace the chairs. You can buy a pew and put your name on the side of the pew, you and your family. You know, and then somebody, you know, you come in and somebody's sitting there in the pew you bought. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. If I bought the pew, I have every right to tell you to get out of my seat. <laughs> you got to go. If I bought the pew, then I can sit it wherever I, I bought the pew. That's my chair. I bought it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.